And welcome to another episode of the Sartorial and Geek Podcast by Webster Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I'm your host, Webster Style, the man, the voice, the fragrance, of course, coming back one more time. And let's jump right into the download. Now, I mentioned this week's download a couple of weeks ago because this is a game that, well, was unique. Some of the claim, some claim it's a Breath of the Wild clone, but I really commend Ubisoft for pumping out a new IP. If you're familiar with Ubisoft, you know that really they become the house of Assassin's Creed and everything Tom Clancy. And that's pretty much been their bread and butter. And one of the things with especially this last generation going into this generation gaming is the utter lack of originality and new ips from the top tier gaming studios so last year ubisoft released a game entitled immortals phoenix rising and this came out on all major platforms even came out on stadia and i think it's on lunar as well when i was looking into things and in this game it tells the story as narrated by prometheus to zeus of phoenix a mortal who in order to rescue his brother must stop the evil typhoon after his escape from the underworld now this was a title that i hadn't played the full game but i played the demo and i was really impressed with the gameplay with not so much the graphics the graphics are good but they're like wow uh, sort of thing but the story itself was very interesting and very accessible. Well, like I said, the game's been off a while, but I'm really highlighting it this week on the download because it is now on Xbox Game Pass for console, PC, as well as the cloud. And I'm using this as an opportunity to let you know that, hey, if you have Game Pass, definitely download this game and give it a playthrough. It's one that I have found to be very uh, enthralling as well as I'm always one for a good adventure action adventure game is driven by a good story and so far I am really enjoying this game and I think it's one that most gamers will like as well we live in a time where everything's so bite-sized everything is released broken it's refreshing to play a complete game and with that I am definitely recommending Immortals Phoenix Rising in this week's download. Now let's get to the short takes. I don't know and I haven't looked up if this year has any significance to Pinocchio, uh, whether it's some sort of anniversary of the original story or an anniversary anniversary of the original Disney animated movie. But you know if you've listened to this podcast that there are two different Pinocchio movies coming out. You have the live action adaptation of the Disney movie from, well, Disney, of course. And then you also have Guillermo del Tomo's Pinocchio, which is coming out later this year around Christmas time. Well, I was put on to a new game that's coming out. I believe it's coming out by the end of the year. I'm not entirely sure. Maybe Q1 of 2023 called The Lies of P. And when I saw the game, the game looks absolutely gorgeous but then i heard him say yeah it's a take on pinocchio i'm like a take on what if you see this game and i'll put a link to the trailer footage for this game in the show notes it's not a game you think has anything to do with pinocchio but it's inspired by the familiar story of pinocchio 
Lies of P is an action Souls-like game. So it takes its inspiration from games like Dark Souls and some Bloodborne and things of that nature. Set in a cruel, dark, bell epoch world. All of humanity is lost in a once beautiful city that has now become a living hell filled with unspeakable horrors. Lies of P offers an elegant world filled with tension, a deep combat system, and a gripping story. Well, I saw this and I'm like, I am really interested in this game just based on the fact that it's, it's like a take on Pinocchio. And when you see the footage of this game, especially if you're familiar with like Bloodborne and Elden Ring and, and so on and so forth, that style of compact combat and gameplay and then you say that it's inspired by pinocchio you'll literally scratch your head and say say what really but it looks looks absolutely amazing so i am definitely looking forward to the lies of p when it releases and again i think this the end of this year if not is definitely like q1 of next year i think it's coming out pretty soon now i've talked before about for the most part strange new worlds has changed my opinion to some degree on necessary reboots but prequels I'm not averse to reboots though, just a lot of times, especially if it's a classic franchise that I love, reboots are hit and miss. You had the reboot of Battlestar, what, almost 20 years ago, which is which surp surpasses the original uh, and is still one of the best science fiction shows to come out in since the new, new, new millennium, period, hands down, no debate about that. I said no debate about that, so don't, don't at me. Uh, and, but... There's a show that is interesting because it's something I watched a lot of as a kid, uh, both in first run and syndication that for some reason, and maybe just because I'm old uh, or older, I don't think about it as often. But there was a show that came on that really introduced us to Scott Bakula, who went on to obviously be a humongous genre actor while starring in movies such as Lord of Illusions, of course, Captain Archer on Enterprise, and just a host of other projects in that sort of sci-fi genre. Well, most of us really got to know him and love him and his acting from a little show called Quantum Leap. Now, Quantum Leap ran, I believe, is for five or six seasons on NBC uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s, if I remember correctly, and is basically a scientist, uh, Sam Beckett, whose machine sent him back through time and he went and inhabited the bodies of people to right the wrongs or fix things that were out of whack in time and he was anchored back to the future by his hologram sam who was played by dean stockwell who also is a genre or was i believe dean stockwell's passed away now i'm, I'm not sure a genre stalwart um also starring in aforementioned battlestar galactic reboot amongst many 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 other things over the years well they're rebooting quantum leap and it takes place in the same timeline as the original. So set 30 years after Dr. Sam Beckett stepped into the Quantum Leap Accelerator and vanished from the face of Earth, the reboot series will follow a new team of scientists as they try to uncover the mysteries of the incredible machine. And if you remember Quantum Leap, you remember that the ending stated that Sam never returned home so he's still out there so that does set up a possible cameo running with dr sam beckett which is sad that he's 
still out there trying to get back home. And this series stars Raymond Lee as Dr. Ben Song, and he's the one who's going to be zapped or what have you by the Quantum Leap Accelerator, and he's going to be that Sam Beckett for this new new era. Uh, then you have Ernie Hudson, my man Ernie, uh, as Herbert Williams, and he's going to be back in the future and he's going to be the guardian of this technology and working to find out how to get him back, um, get Ben Song back. And then you have Caitlin Bassett as Addison, who is going to be serving as that holographic uh, companion uh, director for the Dr. Ben Song character. So the trailer was released. It was very generic, very bare bones. Again, no disrespect that it, it's, it's a teaser, but I am excited for this show. I think this is one show that a reboot can do very well because it's it's a very simple formula that I think since we've passed 30 years, almost since the original, we have 30 years of history to play with that we can go back into. We don't have to go back into this, you know, 70s, 80s or 70s, 50s, 60s. We can do 80s, 90s, early 2000s now. And I, I think that a real interesting look and commentary on how far we progress or how we've changed since then compared to the original series. So that's one, something I'm looking forward to, Quantum Leap Reboot. Now, a lot of properties fell into public domain uh, this year. And one of the properties that was much hyped about was Winnie the Pooh. So, and this isn't the Disney version of Winnie the Pooh. These are, this is the original characters by E.E. E. Milne, I think that's the author, um, have fallen into the public domain. So anyone could write any story or do anything with Winnie the Pooh at large, just not the Disney version of Winnie the Pooh. And people were getting that mistaken. Well, shortly thereafter of the characters going into public domain, there was an announcement that someone was doing a horror movie based on Winnie the Pooh. And everyone is scratching their heads like, say what? And you saw these pictures of this creepy Winnie the Pooh head. Well, fast forward a few months, we now have a full trailer for Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Hunt. And a short synopsis from the trailer is Chris and Robin left the Hundred Acre Woods. He grew up, he went to college. He came back with his girlfriend to introduce them to introduce her to Winnie the Pooh and the crew and well they didn't take too kindly to Christopher Robin leaving and Winnie the Pooh is now a homicidal mass murderer with Piglet who's also grown up and they've they killed everyone else Eeyore and now they're on a rampage uh, with the typical horror movie tropes beautiful people girls in hot tubs I'm all here for this movie though it is it is it looks absolutely ludicrous it looks absolutely batshit crazy but i'm here for this movie i want to see this movie i want to see winnie the pooh slash a bunch of pretty co <laughs> oh it just it so evokes old 80s slasher movies so i am i am so down for this movie call me crazy but i am so down for this movie so that's my take on winnie the pooh blood and honey all right let's pull out the long box and look at Blood Syndicate season one, number four. And this is by uh, Jeffrey Thorne on the, the, the story, Chris Cross on the art, uh, Sam Damien Hill, and 
um, on the colors and Will Quintana on the lettering. I think I got that right. If I'm if I didn't, I'm sorry about that, gentlemen. So let's talk about this. One of the things I remember seeing last time when I talked about Blood Syndicate with issue three was that I wasn't sure how they would be able to really bring in successfully a lot of those other characters that we know of with the Blood Syndicate and bring them in effectively with this story that they're telling within the next three issues or so because I, I think these seasons for milestone have been six issues if i remember correctly i was wrong <laughs> i was straight up wrong uh just the way they brought in brick house i, I love brick house um got drops on boogeyman and a whole bunch of other cats and i really want to say the writing is really excellent it, Chris Cross's art is is amazing. It's great. And he's doing Blood Syndicate. This is like, in my opinion, I've never met Chris Cross. But I, I feel as though he could probably draw Blood Syndicate, Blood Syndicate in his sleep. It's like breathing for him. Like, this is something he could do effortlessly. So I don't want to take anything away from him as being uh, an excellent storyteller with his art. But the story that is being told uh, through words in the plotting by Thorne has been really great. And combined with Chris Cross's art, the insanity and the threat of Holocaust is so excellently ramped up with each issue. Holocaust is literally a homicidal maniac he is scary he like incinerated cops and didn't even think about it like they're nothing they are writing him as such an excellent overall villain that is excellently used to bring all of these meta or these big bang babies together who were once part of rival crews to stand against him this is really excellent storytelling and i really commend uh thorn and the gifts and the crisscross and the crew specifically but i know a lot of it comes from the story that's actually written for actually they are they are making holocaust like an a-level villain and i really appreciate that and i don't i don't know if i i got that in the original run like he was scary but they are making him like god tier villain with regards to like that archetype and i don't remember and i have to go back and read some of the stuff from the 90s i don't remember him being as scary as sadistic as i don't give a you know what i'm gonna insert all y'all because this shit is mine sort of person i don't remember him in quite that same vein and seeing how they depict him in this and how he's his character when you see him he is literally the crazy badass that wants power and you get that and you see why aquamarina and all of them are you know slowly banded together to fight against them and let's talk about fade okay i love okay you know who you're talking to you're talking to webster style the man the voice of fragrance and i have the fact that fade is pretty much like suited when he's in his quote-unquote field uniform with the like that shit was bad that that character redesign was bad and just in general i am i am so enjoying this book i i am really feeling this and again no just like the hardware icon or, or the static books this is my favorite milestone book of of this relaunch hands down and that's hard to say especially on how much I, I love icon this this book right here it's just really cool and, and again i i love fade's characterization and I, I harp on it a lot because in the 90s, 
especially when it came to homosexuality. It wasn't something that we talked about. When you saw a character in a comic book at that point in time that was gay, it was still very taboo or quote-unquote groundbreaking. Now, obviously, you don't have that as we have a society. We are 20 plus, almost 30 years removed from, I guess, really, North Star was like the first big character no so it's not even really gay i mean excuse me he's not really big but the fact it was an x-men book and i know it was a late 90s so yeah we're 20 plus years uh from that big revealing x-men that got the comics world talking of north star being gay and and this and that the characterization of fade and not just that when you saw the flashbacks earlier with uh tech nine and wise son and the use of uh uh, the expletive word that I will not say here um, during during their confrontation during their uh, a confrontation back then I I feel it is such an accurate representation and not just that specifically but the evolution and the relationships that Fade has with those he's familiar with I love that characterization I love how it shows how he is a homosexual man clearly open homosexual man in this world and the respect that he garners from everyone but also how the interactions were so real life i really like that and i i I feel as though a man was something they did great in the original series but i just as something about what they're doing here i think is special in that regard as far as and and it's weird that fade is and still is one of my favorite characters from blessed i mean a lot of blessed the characters are my favorites when it comes to this team but i i really gravitate toward him because he was very different than anything we saw in comics back then so i i think i am very interested in seeing that um i'm seeing and, and just there was a lot of struggle and a lot of pain and i forget the um shapeshifter i want to say uh technique i forget and that was sort of um they use that to talk about transgenderism back in the day so i'm interested to see especially with t- the world we live in today what they do with that but overall i am I'm absolutely loving. I'm loving how Tech Nine and Wise Son have evolved as characters. I am very interested to see how they got their powers considering they weren't even Dakota doing the Big Bang. And also seeing, like, you see what things have happened as it's being told to them because they weren't even there since they were in the military. So I'm interested to see how they got their powers and how that links to the overall story because I can only imagine that they were using that gas overseas too. And Alva was had his hands in a whole lot of you know what. So, but that's my take on Blood Syndicate season one, issue four. If you are not reading Blood Syndicate, you really should. It's it's a really really good series, and I am looking forward to the final two issues of this series. And whenever season two comes out, I am I'm here for it. So that's my take on Blood Syndicate. All right, let's talk about She Hulk episode three i will tell you this it, and i'm not too high on the episode really as the post credit scene i wasn't really cool with personally however as a as an episodic comedy it hit all the notes it was funny um enjoyable tatiana mislahi is is great as always i i like the connection with shang chi and wong uh benedict wong is great this is phase four is a phase of wong like seriously everything he's in he just i hope he loves that character as much as it seems like he loves playing that character personally speaking uh because he just he kills it and that whole 
plot line now that is now you know that dangling there from Shang-Chi as far as him breaking out Abomination that's been talked about that's been answered you know that's you see how that plays into the larger marvel world and i am all here for it even the subplot as far as our former da colleague dating a ice no um as guardian ice nymph or ice fairy or whatever it was it was a shapeshifter him thinking that he was dating meg the stallion and that whole court case and everything that was funny that was interesting as well i enjoyed it i didn't enjoy the post credit scene and I'll leave it at that. I, yeah, I just didn't enjoy the post-credit scene. So I, a little notches for that. I just, I, I thought it was tasteless, personally speaking. Maybe because I'm old man. Maybe people younger than me would, would get it. And I'm, I'm not a conservative guy at all. I just, I, the context of the series, I just, uh, no. But it, it was good. It, it was good. I enjoyed it. I am looking forward to who the villain is. Because you got shades of someone out there lurking, wanting Jennifer's blood. And you saw that happen with the group of thugs that attacked her with the uh, Asgardian sort of weapons that she, you know, beat their asses with. So I'm looking forward to see, I'm, I'm not sure if it's Titania, uh, who we saw in episode one of her with her just getting knocked the fuck out in that courtroom. So I'm not sure if it's going to be her. I don't feel like that that character, at least based on what we saw, has hired thugs that they call that will call her boss. I don't know. I've also heard rumors of the leader as well being somewhere out there, which would be a really, really cool throwback to the Incredible Hulk since we're getting the abomination or we've gotten the abomination as well. Oh, shout out to Tim Roth. I feel like he has uh, really enjoyed coming back into the MCU and playing this character, especially with how he was able to really get redemption and closure for this character uh, through the series. I think he really enjoyed it as well. That's just my opinion. So, so that's my take on She-Hulk episode three. Now let's truck out a little bit with Lower Deck season three, episode two. I am sorry I didn't get in the Lower Deck sooner. And, and it, it's not that I didn't see it as like, oh, that looks cool. It's just I just didn't get into it. And it wasn't like, oh, I need to get into it. Lower Decks is freaking awesome, man. Like, seriously, it is so fun to watch. And this episode, the fact that they have a D&D style game based on the Klingons with General Martok like doing the voices for in the videos and then you have to buy expansion packs. That was just funny. Uh, <clears throat> and then the role reversal with the diplomacy and sending the engineers while, and I forget the main character um, name is forced to stay there out of spite and work on things and how they ended up saving the day and she quote unquote listened to command and didn't, didn't. If you see the episode, you know I have air quotes right now. Didn't take matters into her own, her own hands. But I, Lower Decks is just an enjoyable show. And it's so Star Trek. That is that is the best compliment I can give this series. It is it's so Star Trek. But it's still funny. It's still very much geeky, nerdy. It's, it's just a great show to watch. If you are not watching Lower Decks and you love Star Trek, Heck, if you like Star Trek, watch this show. It is definitely one that you will tune back into every week. And if you haven't seen the previous episodes, and obviously if you have watched it, you haven't, go back and watch the previous episodes. Lower Decks is really, really fun. All right, let's get into the fragrance of the week. Now, this is a fragrance that I have not pulled the trigger on, and I just 
don't know why but it's one that i've looked at for years now and i think i'm going to pull the trigger this week actually but i wanted to talk about it anyway and this fragrance is essence of me by b fragrance and this comes in 100 ml edp for just the low low price of 68 dollars now this fragrance is described as a modern scent designed for passionate men who yearn to explore new horizons. This masterpiece features top notes of bergamot and lemon zest, followed by mid notes of lily, star anise, and jasmine, and then base notes of musk, amber, and precious woods. Lead the scent to a woody and masculine finish. Now I absolutely Love that breakdown, and based on everything I know that I like and smells good on my skin, it's definitely one that I, I'm sure I'm going to love when I get my hands on it. It's one that seems as though, depending on how that must note is, uh, in my opinion, really could work in all seasons if it's a heavy must and definitely more toward the fall and the winter if it's a lighter musk, especially with the amber. So I'm assuming with some sweet powdery musk with some woods on the, on the base so depending on how potent that is you, you could get an all-year banger you could get a fall winter monster but definitely with the top and the mid notes you, you're not going to get a uh, real it's not going to be heavy it may be potent but not heavy so there's a pencil there with that base for it to be heavier so when i definitely get my nose on it i'm, I'm looking forward to see how it really shapes up as far as where i think it would lend itself uh, to my fragrance arsenal. So that's my take on Essence of Man by B Fragrance. What I'm wearing today is New York Fifth Avenue by Fragrance Dubois. Uh, it's um it's one that I've only worn a couple times. I have a sample which I got from Scent Explorer last year, and it's one that I always it seems like it's always brand new every time I wear it, and it is one that it's a woody floral i don't get much of the floral notes i get a lot more of the vanilla i get a lot more i believe it's um i think it's jasmine in there but it's really nice and it literally has lasted 18 plus hours on my skin uh, so it's it's one that definitely lasts a a long time and i i get almost kind of an incense vibe even though there's no incense listed in the notes but it's one that i really enjoy and it's unisex so i can i definitely see this working for both men and women and with that don't forget to check out our link for pete and pedro to sample some of their wonderful desire and designer inspired fragrances uh, check out the link in the show notes or use the code ehawks10 on checkout for 10% off your first purchase as well don't forget to check out the patreon uh, the patreon gives you access to the episodes a day in advance and depending on your tier there are a whole host of other specialized exclusive content for you to take part in it starts out at just one dollar a month so check that out as well in the show notes of course you can check me out every week on the nrw checkpoint talking about this week's game releases and you know, we get off topic sometimes, my man, uh, myself and my man, Brian Sapp, but it's all good, it's all geeky, it's all blurdy, and it's all about gaming, because, you know, there's through the world, so that's what we talk about in that regard, so check us out every week on the NRW Checkpoint, of course, find me on the socials, on Instagram, at Sartorio Geek, and at Webster Style, on Twitter, at Webster Style, on TikTok, at 
underscore Webster style. Don't forget to find everything and any anything and everything that is Webster style at WebsterStyle.com. Of course, you want to talk? Drop me an email info at WebsterStyleMagazine.com. Again, thank you again for your time. Thank you for your listening ear. And remember, stay safe out there and be blessed. Tuesday had to be Bowtie Thursday. Had to be White Wednesday. Uh, I don't. Well, I know last time. Well, I wore polka dot. You didn't. Wear, oh, I miss million them hills killing them, but I'm sure it's a Thursday. Bowtie Thursday. Pasta cream in your heels, looking sharp. Bay acting like you don't know the rules up in the workplace. Must I remind you it was till on your birthday? Don't get me wrong, I think we killed in the birthdays. And you picked the hell of fit for the church day. Let's say you picked the wrist game for it. Now you got the floor filled with bras that you purchase. Pick a color scheme that can match your very corset. Cause no one man should have all that styling Take it off, clothes on the floor piling No one girl should fit it all in them jeans So take it off and let me see what's under them scenes Cause no one man should have all that styling Take it off, clothes on the floor piling No one girl should fit it all in them jeans So take it off and let me see what's under them scenes Let's see what it seems If it is what it seems Chicks be looking thick leggings, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know. Take a hint, though. Don't try to get me at a moment. Movement, though. Smoking hot, rocking this pencil. Thin tie, hairline, looking like a stencil. Pimp, no lie, I'm sharper than a utensil. Instrumental, plain dang, homie. I was hoping we could walk out with that bang, bang, honey. See them plain James, honey. Get them lame friends, funny. We tell it, bit it crazy like that thing came on me. Hey, mommy. Look a lady, main thing. Want me on the scene. Fit popping like a main vein. Running blood color, lips smashing with the hand clutch money, holding back, kinda funny. Can you tell me what's the price I got the range? Rover, hang on me. When we walking, looking Gucci like that thing sprayed on me. Walking with a lip like an ankle sprain on me. Yeah, I rocked the cardigan. She don't really want me because no one man should have all that style. Take it out, clothes on the floor, pass it. No one girl should fit it all in them jeans. So take it up and let me see what's under them scenes. No one man should have all that style. on the floor pile and no one girl should fit it all in them jeans so take it up and let me see what's under them scenes oh you want to oh i completely read that wrong